This episode of Experiences You Should Have is brought to you by Soul Blends, handcrafted in Oregon from botanicals to bottle, multiple healing balms, salves, and moisturizing products to bring life to your skin. Check out Soul Blends and use the code EYSH to receive 10% off your order. I had one shot underwater that I counted over 50 sea lions in that one, one still shot. It's a circus. They'll come right up and bark at you, blow bubbles at you. Uh, sometimes they'll imitate what you do. If you sit on the bottom patiently, you do something and they'll watch. They're, they're just a curious, uh, funny animals. Welcome to Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. I'm your host, Gail Manasco, and I am so excited to share this episode about diving the Channel Islands in Southern California. A few months ago, I had the opportunity to go down to the Channel Islands in the heart of winter. And the Channel Islands are a group of islands off the coast of Southern California, uh, not far from LA. And specifically, I took a boat um, out of Ventura, California, which isn't far from Santa Barbara, just to, to lay out some geographics for you there. And I I had always wanted to do this experience. Diving some cold water with the kelp forest it's just an idea in my head that just been around. And and I have gone to dive Carmel. And on the day that I actually dove Carmel last year, it was it was good, but I heard that the Channel Islands were better. And so I had this trip planned and I flew down to, to LA. Uh, there was a, a budget airline where where I live that flew into Burbank which made for an easy trip in and out. Um, A girlfriend and I decided that this would be a fun day. And the thing is, I really didn't want to lug my gear down to LA for one day of diving. So I decided to leave my gear at home and I was able to um, book a trip on the Spectre dive boat. And I was able to to book my gear rental online. And the thing is, it was so easy. I, I booked everything online on the specterboat.com, paid for the gear rental. It was just a lot easier that way. Now, many times when you book gear rental online, many times you have to stop by a dive shop like the day before or really early in the morning. But no, my gear was just going to be waiting for me on the boat. So my friend and I showed up to Ventura early in the morning and just kind of like sucking at our coffee and just excited for the day. But we we had no idea what to expect. And, and we parked and we easily found the boat. And as we walked onto the boat, it was just starting to fill with people. And we easily found our spots where our tanks were. And there were, there was our dive gear just around our tanks in our spots. It was the easiest. It was, it was just one of the easiest experiences of just walking onto the boat. There it is. We were able to check in, sign our forms, show our certification cards. And, and before we knew it, the, the boat is leaving Ventura and headed out for the Channel Islands. It was about an hour and a half boat ride. And during that hour and a half, there was breakfast being served, breakfast sandwiches, plenty of vegetarian options being served. And as the boat was going, we started to see just dolphins hanging out by the boat, jumping in the air, riding the wake of the boat. And I knew at that moment, it was going to be an incredible day, an incredible day. Now we were, we were on this boat in February and the water was, was cold. (laughs) It was very cold. It was around 52 degrees. So we had seven, we had seven mils hood, um, the whole bit. There were some people on the boat with dive, um, with drive, 
with dry suits, dive dry suits. And that does require an additional certification to get dry suit certified. And they don't rent out dry suits. So it's something you got to bring for yourself. And I, I am dry suit certified and I have a dry suit, but I don't love my dry suit. I'm like a puffy marshmallow in it. And so I just elected for, um, for the neoprene, <laughs> but it was, it was kind of a, a windier, choppier day when we went. Um, so instead of going to Anacapa, we went over to Santa Cruz Island and she and I geared up and it was really interesting because on many dives I've been on, um, there might be a dive master in the water. Um, but here they did the, the dive briefing over the intercom and the dive masters actually stayed on the boat to help people get on and off. And the, it was very easy dive sites because the dive boat just anchored and we got into the water and, and as we descended down, there was the kelp and it just happened to be a warm, sunny day in February where it was almost 70 degrees outside and the sun was shining down. And there we were among the kelp forests and we started to see the orange Garibaldi swim in front of us and the sun rays were shining down. And there was me and my friend underwater and we turned our heads to look upwards and that right there was the most beautiful sight of these gorgeous kelp forests just ascending to the top of the water and with the sun rays coming down this view was the view that I've had in my head and I got to see it and after years of being in this pandemic just the ability to be underwater with a friend with this beautiful scenery and weightless felt so amazing. And she and I actually went to a dance thing the night before. And so she and I just started swing dancing underwater and, and started exploring the kelp and found some nudies and saw a crab and saw lobsters and the whole world was just teeming with a beautiful life. And then back on board, it was just everyone was so nice. It felt like this community on board. And and we did um we did another dive and we had the most amazing lunch on board. And and I mean, we had these like potatoes with like this herb and olive oil and seasoning and um, they're serving up um, uh, various forms of meat and impossible burgers as well. I mean, it was just like a full plate of food and salad and and it it made me feel like I was on a liveaboard, which is my favorite way to travel or scuba diving liveaboards. And I'm having this beautiful meal, meeting other scuba divers, talking about what we saw. The sun is coming down. It was just this just perfect day. And and that afternoon, we got to take off our neoprene and warm up in a hot tub on the boat. And laying in this hot tub, feeling the sun on our faces was just exquisite. Plus, they serve like fancy dessert in the afternoon. Um, and then on our way back to shore... I was just so, I was just so thrilled, which was this perfect day. And I'm like, wait, could we see a whale? Do you think we could see a whale? And so I put in a special request to the captain to find me a whale. And they're like, well, you know, it's kind of hard to see whales in the channel. It's kind of choppy. Don't get your hopes up. But there I was in the front hanging out and they're like, Gail, Gail, get out here. And I ran up to the bow and there was my friend and there was a whale out there. It was a blue whale. So I started speaking whale to it because me and Dory are tight. And then it raised up its fin and it heard me. It knew 
it knew. It was the perfect ending to a perfect day. And just this one day on the Spectre dive boat felt like the dream that I've had in my head. And it felt so good to be back in the water. It felt so good to have that scenery and the community on the boat. And everyone was so kind, nice, accommodating, plus great food. I knew that I had to do an episode of diving the Spectre boat in the Channel Islands. So I actually have the owner of the boat here for an interview for experiences that you should have. So let's welcome Ted Cumming of the Spectre Dive Boat to the show. Welcome, Ted, coming to Experiences You Should Have podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah. So I had the pleasure of going on the Spectre boat last month and dove the Channel Islands, and it took my breath away. The whole experience was amazing. And I'm just curious, what, what is your history with the Spectre? Oh, it goes, uh, it goes back to 1986. I'd been, uh, I grew up in Ventura County and was on the water from the time I was a teenager, sport fishing boats and, and the captain of sport fishing boats. And in 1986, I'd really gotten burned out with fishing and took a break. And there was, uh, a dive boat called the Spectre that had just started running and they were minus a captain and I filled in for a little bit and that was the beginning. It's, I've been on there ever since. So wow. It's been quite a while. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's what, 36 years or so? It is. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Incredible. And and your son is also captaining, captaining the boat there as well, right? He has been... Um, Oh, the last seven or eight years, he's been the full-time captain. I, I live in uh, Northern California now, retired basically in the Mount Shasta area. Yeah. And I go down there and I'll run the boat to relieve him. I still have my license, but he's the primary captain. Yeah. He's- yeah. I think he was on the boat when I was there a few weeks ago. He was. He was running the boat. Yeah. He found me a whale. I... I put in a special request to find a whale on the way back. And he did. There was a blue whale. I was, he did a good job. He did a great job. Oh, it's good that you asked and he knew to do that. That's, that's great. That's right. He, he sounded, he started speaking whale out the window and, you know, it, <laughs> it came, it came. So, I mean, that is a long time to be with the specter. So what makes the Spectre so special and diving the Channel Islands so special? Well, it, uh, just to, I can give you a really brief history of diving the Channel Islands. It's, uh, it's a, one of the you know, great destinations. People come from all over the world to dive the islands. It really got started in about you know, the early 60s. I was on sport fishing boats as a deckhand and one of the boats started taking a few divers out. Uh, it was a, a new industry to California, and it was pretty primitive. And over time, it developed. So by the 70s, there was uh, just a, a huge boom in <clears throat> diving. Lots of boats, boats built for diving. And the Channel Islands offered uh, great hunting for lobster, abalone, lots of fish, and people would do first single-day trips, and then the bigger boats offered bunks, and they did overnight trips and people would come from other states and other countries. And it was uh, from Santa Barbara, Ventura, Channel Islands Harbor, just lots and lots of dive boats and lots of diving. And that was the the primary purpose, not the only one, but the primary purpose was to hunt, to to catch game. And by the time I came along in the, in 86 uh, on the Spectre, it was more of a combination. There were more photographers, still a lot of hunters, um, and nowadays, uh, hunters have uh, have really taken backseat. There's 
protected areas at the islands where you are not allowed to hunt, which is a, a blessing. And uh, our divers on the Spectre now are out for sightseeing, a lot of underwater photography, a lot mm -hmm. of people who are traveling and have heard about the national park and want to visit it. So mm -hmm. uh, it's, I've seen lots of changes over the years, but it's a beautiful dive area. Uh, the kelp forests and the sea lions are, are two of the big draws for the, the diving here. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what consists of the Channel Islands? What are the islands' names? Well, there's eight islands altogether. <clears throat> the southern chain, which is uh, San Clemente, which is owned by the Navy, so it's uh, you can't get on there. You can dive around it at times. San Nicolas, also Navy-owned. And then Catalina, which is private and has... Uh, course, access to the island as well as diving mm -hmm. in a little island called Santa Barbara. Uh, those are the four southern uh, islands in the chain. Then where I am out of Ventura Harbor is the northern channel islands that start with Anacapa. You probably visited Anacapa on your trip, Gail. Yeah, it's actually, uh, we went to Santa Cruz because I think Anacapa didn't have a great conditions that day. That's, yeah, we have the choice between the two islands. And the, the one you went to, Santa Cruz, is the second of the northern Channel Islands. And it's the biggest one. It's almost 100 miles of shoreline around it. And then uh, the next two, the last two in the northern chain is Santa Rosa and then San Miguel. And those are uh, are tough islands. They're, they're great diving, but they, they're a little further up the channel and they catch a lot more weather. So the water is generally colder and a lot more wind and swell, but well worth the trip. Our, our trips are only to the, the two local northern islands, Anacapa and Santa Cruz. Now, how do Anacapa and Santa Cruz differ as far as the diving goes? Anacapa is a, has a, a rockier shoreline um, and a lot of rocky reef close to shore. One of the great things about Anacapa is that it's a marine protected area, meaning the whole north side of the island, the side that faces the mainland, is protected from hunting. So we have a lot more, a lot more to see, a lot more to offer underwater. Mm -hmm. um, Santa Cruz is a big island. We only visit the eastern part of it. Uh, that's the range we have with our our 7 a.m. departure boat. Mm -hmm. uh, it it uh, has a little less kelp. Both islands have the same type of life, the same type of fish, of course, and, and seals and sea lions. But Anacapa seems to have a lot, a lot more to offer in a, in a smaller area. Mm -hmm. I need to go back and dive Anacapa. It's on my list. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you won't regret that. It's a, it has on the south side, the, uh, we call it a sea lion rookery. I don't know if that's the right, <clears throat> right, uh, right name for it, but it's a beach area <clears throat> where sea lions will come in sometimes by the hundreds and, uh, and we'll have young ones sometimes uh, and they'll come out just like puppies and just completely uh, swarm the divers both on the surface and underwater. And it's an experience that you'll never forget if you get a chance to do that. Wow. So it, does that happen year round? Sea lions are at the island year round. The adults are a little more laid back and not as playful as puppies, just like with dogs, but uh, sure. they're, they're there year round. And sometimes um, they're, they're more than other times. It probably depends on the, the food available and, and what they're up to, but you can see them any time of the year. And sometimes they're just thick. Fun. Ah, how beautiful. I didn't see sea lions underwater on my trip, but my big goal was the kelp forest. I wanted to see the sunlight coming down and looking up at the kelp forest and just to have that visual was my goal. And I, I definitely got, I, I definitely achieved my goal. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Santa Cruz has some kelp areas still. Uh, Anacapa has quite a bit more, but I'm glad you were able to have that experience. It's yeah stunning absolutely stunning it was cold <laughs> cold um so the the islands range in temperature so how does the temperature change throughout the year when diving these islands well it's about a 15 degree 
uh, spread from the coldest down in the, the mid 50s to as high as 70 in the mid late summer and into the fall. So the warmer water is August through September into October. Not a great change. And that's, I'm talking about the islands we visit, Anacapa and Santa Cruz. And you get up to San Miguel and Santa Rosa, which we don't do anymore. Mm-hmm. Then it can get down into, uh, oh, 50, 52 degrees. It's not uncommon up there. There's a little different currents. And it's where um, kind of the waters that come down the channel from the north meet the southern waters. So it's a real diverse uh, diverse biosystem, and, uh, but colder, definitely colder. If you want to stay as warm as you can, summer and fall are the best. I I think I I think I want to come back in summer and fall. Uh, it, was, it was a bit it was a bit chilly, uh, but still worth it. Absolutely worth it, even in the cold water. Now, what about visibility? Um, when would you say is the best time of year for the viz? I enjoy your questions. I answer these questions all the time. I still answer <laughs> the phone when people call, and I enjoy talking and and answering these questions. Uh, it's been more difficult. There was uh, early in, early on in my dive career, it was a little more delineated between seasons. And I could say, well, the fall is the clearest water. Uh, we don't seem to have the seasons we did before. There's been a lot of changes, but in a very vague uh, sense, probably late summer, early fall are still the most reliable for visibility. But we can have a, a current bring clear water in in the middle of spring when it's usually really dirty green and uh, it'll be really clean so I don't have a really good answer it's uh, luck of the draw more than anything else okay is there one month that you would stay away from or is it still luck of the draw (laughs) around oh spring this time of year right now it's windy we canceled a, a weekend and we'll probably cancel this coming weekend okay so a lot more wind in the spring and the wind creates a, a upwelling, so there'll be a lot of wind on the surface, move the water, and then the colder, greener, plankton-rich water comes up from the bottom. And this keeps the, uh, the food cycle going, and it's necessary, but it makes the diving colder, and visibility will drop down into the you know, 10 or 15-foot range at times in the spring. Well, let's get into a little bit more logistics here. You are a wealth of information. Um, So what are the skills and certifications needed in order to dive the Channel Islands? Well, we do um, open water, just the basic certification. There's resort dives that people can do around the world. You may be familiar with that where you dive with an instructor and can come out and get a little training, but we, we don't do that in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the very basic. And that's, uh, it's difficult because of the wetsuits we wear and the, the waiting and so on. It's hard to learn that in just a few hours. So mm-hmm. open water, that's the basic certification, anything above that. And on our particular boat, we welcome, uh, new divers. It's, we try to stay in waters, 20 to 50 feet deep, which is appropriate. And we make the diving just as easy as possible. We do the pretty stuff, but not the, not the technical or deeper stuff. Yeah, I was, I was a bit surprised. I, I didn't really know what to expect and I should have done my homework before coming on the boat. Um, but I was, I was surprised to see that there were, it was shallower dives. There were, it was very easy. I was expecting, I was expecting deeper dives and strong currents for some reason. And I found it to be very easy to navigate and very easy to make it back to the boat and, um, and within recreation diving limits. That's the difference. And that's why I brought up a little bit of the history. We went from uh, kind of hardcore divers and hunters. And one thing was that the, the suits were harder to put on. The equipment was more difficult to use. Mm-hmm. And over time, of course, all that's become a lot easier, a lot more user-friendly, which brings in divers of all ages and sizes now. And we try to, to do just that, to make it something that's safe and 
entry level. However, it's also great for people who are experienced divers. We see people who have gotten certified on the boat 30 years ago, and we'd see them for a while, then they'd advance into different levels of diving and <clears throat> travel around the world. And then here they show up again years later, diving the same Channel Islands and enjoying it. So it's all levels, but we try to keep it so it's not real difficult. Yeah. So, so the boat I was on or your boat, it had three day dives, but do you offer any night diving or overnight trips in the Channel Islands? We do not. And uh, we have bunks on the boat. And at one time we did both multi-day trips and trips where we'd leave in midnight or one in the morning and go to the northern, northernmost Channel Islands. Now what you did is all we do, uh, mm-hmm. 7 a.m., three dives, return around four. You know, it was so, it was really exciting to come on your boat because my, my favorite way of travel is diving liveaboards. It's my favorite thing. And I haven't gone to do that in the last few years due to the pandemic and to come on board the boat and there you're serving breakfast and then dives in and lunch and then everybody's going to know each other. It was starting to feel like a community and, and then even serving up ice cream Sundays. And it felt like a one day liveaboard. And I felt like I got this like mini liveaboard experience and it made me so happy being on your boat, but then not paying the liveaboard prices for a week liveaboard. Um, it was, it was really refreshing. Well, thank you. I'm glad that that was your experience. We, uh, we come from a live aboard, you know, background, uh, that tragedy with the dive boat conception a few years yeah. ago changed the, um, changed the landscape in diving. It's become, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and rightly so quite regulated. It always was, but, uh, even more so now, and boats that have made their living as liveaboards have come up against um, such heavy scrutiny. It's almost impossible. We've uh, we used to let people sleep on the boat the night before the trip, and we've stopped doing that and uh, and given up the idea of of doing multi day trips again, which just took it completely off the table. Yeah, man, I am so sorry about that. I remember when when that happened. Um... I didn't know anybody on, on that boat, but I, my, my feeling and energy uh, went towards the people experiencing that. Yes. It, uh, it was, it was something that uh, we'll never really completely get over. It was, it never happened anything like that. It happened before. It was just a shock to all of us. Yeah. So there's a few boats that uh, continue to offer multi-day trips, overnight trips. Mm-hmm. One out of Ventura, which is the peace dive boat. They primarily do it for lobster during that lobster season for hunters. Right. Yeah. So, so let's keep on going with some logistics. So this is a full day. I mean, you are on the boat early and you're going to spend the entire day on the boat three tank dive now you guys were offering some snorkeling spots as well people want to snorkel what is the snorkeling like at these at these sites usually it's pretty great our dive sites are next to the island you might have noticed we anchor the boat with two anchors it's uh, something we've done for many years so we'll usually put the anchor that's tied to the back end the stern of the boat we'll usually set that sometimes within feet of the island. And then we stretch the bow anchor out quite a ways and sit between the two. So the areas between the boat and the island uh, offer shallow water and and great places for snorkeling. So as the divers spend the time underwater, the snorkels will stay on the surface. So there's quite often, you know, quite often we'll have a diver bring a, a friend or a spouse along and they'll do the snorkeling while the other one dives and it uh they get lots of time in the water and lots to see they can see pretty much everything the divers can see yeah now with the changing water temperatures what's the recommended um wetsuit millimeter or wetsuit type to wear for these dives well you wear a full wetsuit and it's seven millimeter we we rent suits and people bring their own suits 
but there's seven mil, you don't use anything less than that. So maybe in the warmest months, people will bring a five millimeter, but seven millimeter full suit, uh, hood, boots and gloves. And there are people who are dry suit trained and they'll bring their own dry suits, but that's uh, training you have to, to do with an instructor and uh, no one rents dry suits that I know of. So you have to own one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, in the meantime, sort of custom fit to your body, you know, it's, it is a bit harder to, to rent yes. now your boat. It was so, it was such a great experience because I was coming down from Oregon and I did not want to lug all my gear down the whole bit, um, for one day of diving. So I elected to rent and many times if I might rent through a shop or boat, many times I need to come to the shop, you know, check it all out. You know, it takes an extra day, um, or you got to arrive extremely early to do all that. But all I had to do was walk onto the boat and I found my place. I found my tank and all my rental gear was in a bag, everything I needed right around my tank. And it was so easy. And I've never had an, such a, a more easy experience anywhere else. Um, well, thank you. Gail. Yeah, we, we, we're the only ones that do that. Uh, and it sets us apart. You can book from any place in the, in the world online, show up in the morning for the boat and uh, bring your bathing suit and towel and your certification card and spend a day diving and walk off the boat. Uh, we just ask for people's height, weight, and shoe size on the phone or online. And they uh, have it ready for them on the boat. It's that simple. Yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, this is, this is service. My gosh, <laughs> I didn't have to carry anything onto the boat. I didn't have to carry tanks. I didn't have to carry gear. I walked on, walked off. It was, it was fantastic, which I'm trying to jam pack a lot into a weekend. So it just made my weekend a lot easier, smoother. And your staff was so helpful on the oh, boat. Thank you. Yeah. I've, you, you exceeded my expectations over and beyond. Um, now what is the typical cost? I know costs can vary, especially at the time we're doing the interview and rising gas prices. Um, but what's the average cost for a three tank dive? And also what's the cost if you are a snorkeler? Well, the weekend costs either Saturday or Sunday for a diver is 169 and the trips include all food, you know, meal snacks and drinks and air fills for the tank. That's 169 is no gear included. If you do what you did and that's rent a full package, that's everything. It's about, well, it is 249 for the, the day with all gear. And on the weekdays, we run Fridays and then the summers, Thursdays as well. It's $20 less for the weekdays. Okay. Snorklers are 125 for the trip and about $45 for the gear. Got it. That is not bad. And the food on your boat is so good. It was so good. I'm still like dreaming of the (laughs) lunch I had on the boat. I'm floored. I'm, you don't know, like every, everything about your boat down to the food over exceeded my expectations. Delicious. Thank you. Delicious. Well, we've had a lot, a lot of years to make mistakes and, <laughs> and, uh, and find out what, what people like. So we found what works and we stick with it. So that, that's what we do now. Yeah. So what about tipping? What would you say is the average tip for, for divers on the boat? Anywhere from 10 to $20, depending on the experience. It's about average, 10 to 20. Okay. All right. It's good to know. Now, how far in advance should someone be booking, like, let's say a weekend trip? It depends on the time of year. We have people, you know, you can go online and, and book as far out as a year ahead of time. And people do that, but it's not necessary. I'd say in the summertime, you can use, if you book within two weeks of the trip, you're usually okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go on the website to book a trip, you can go through the process without actually booking it and you'll find out how many spots are still left on the boat. When you hit that button, it'll tell you what's left. So you can 
if you're not ready to book, you can at least see how full it's getting. But two weeks is a good rule of thumb. Okay, great. Now, what if someone is an adaptive diver? What are the physical requirements to come onto your boat and be able to get into the water? Well, getting in the water and being in the water, of course, is the, is the easy part. Uh, it's, it's getting up on the boat. It's a high boat, so there's steps to go up. As you know, you've been on there. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, barriers to the cabin. You have to, to get over a little step to get inside the, the galley area. And then up and down the ladder to get in and out of the water. You can do a giant stride and jump in. But getting back up is a, a vertical ladder. We've had people where the, the crew is, you know, they're just happy to help. And a lot of times uh, people will bring friends out to help them. So it's not ideal. I mean, we, we just don't have the, the room or the boat to, to be really accommodating. Mm-hmm. However, if people are willing to, to come out and work with us, we do everything we can to make sure they can get in and out of the water and enjoy themselves. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's great. And I am just curious if you can share with me your favorite animals to see underwater and what to be on the lookout for. <laughs> well, it's the sea lions. There's a few, a few pictures uh, on the website. One of them I took from the deck one day years ago, and it's more sea lions than water. <laughs> uh, when, when, when you're in the water, if you just go down in these sea lion areas where they're thick, then uh, you just sit on the bottom and they come to you and you'll have, I, I had one shot underwater that I counted over 50 sea lions and that one, one still shot with a diver in the middle of them. And uh, it's a circus. They'll come right up and bark at you, blow bubbles at you. Um, sometimes they'll imitate what you do. If you sit on the bottom patiently, you do something and they'll watch. They're, they're just a curious, uh, funny animals. And that's, that's the highlight for me is watching them. Fine. Ned, will they play any games? Like, can you hide the seaweed or the kelp or... <laughs> I, I once saw a sea lion swim by with a dive knife in his mouth. <laughs> he'd, uh, someone had dropped it and he picked it up and he was swimming around heavily armed. <laughs> so yeah, they'll, they'll play with things if you give them a chance. Was anybody harmed in the dive knife? No, no, he dropped it and it was picked up. <laughs> Get your attention. Will they steal your your camera? I don't know if they would. I mean, if people are not going to give them a chance, hang on to that camera pretty tight. Um, they'll they'll uh, nip at your fin sometimes, so you'll feel a little tug and turn around, and they'll they'll be back there. They're just curious. They want to see what you what you're doing and what you taste like. I guess they're not trying to hurt you, but they'll they'll grab stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the night before I went on your boat, I was hanging out in Santa Barbara and I was talking to some locals and, um, and I was telling them that I was going to be diving the Channel Islands the next day. And I saw their faces go white and they told me that there was bones of great white sharks scattered across the bottom <laughs> and and to be very careful they were very worried for me um and so what what would you say to those people very concerned about um great whites and shark graveyards this would sound like they're probably in the market to go diving uh, that's a that's an unusual story i'm not sure what motivated it yeah yeah and all the all the years i've been been out i've never seen uh, i've seen white white sharks a few times but I, i've never encountered them underwater uh i think maybe the further you go north the santa rosa especially in san miguel it's it can be more likely and we recently had a an incident on one of the santa barbara boats where a, a snorkeler or, well free diver they don't like to be called snorkelers but yeah. a free diver um was bit <clears throat> in the fin that had a few stitches in his foot. <clears throat> and that was one of the few times I've, uh, you know, heard about an encounter like that, but I've never seen a, a white shark bones anywhere. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. I was looking, I'm like, I didn't, I didn't see any, I was, 
I was, I'm like, where are they? I, I need to see this great white shark graveyard happening. But no, I didn't, I didn't see it. What kind of shark bit the the fin or the 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 free diver? It was a white, it was a oh, great white shark okay. for sure. All right. yeah. Okay. But it did not kill the free diver. No, it was a few stitches. It had uh, grabbed his foot and then spit it out and went away. Mistaken and identity, right? Yeah, I've never uh, heard of a, a underwater attack of a scuba diver mm-hmm. by a white, white shark anywhere around here. It, uh, if there's any encounters, it's usually on the surface and quite often free divers who look more like food than a, a diver in equipment mm-hmm. underwater blowing bubbles. Right. Right. Yeah, it's, that's my experience as well. And and just curious. So let's say we've got some people living in Southern California who are now interested in diving the Channel Islands, and maybe they just don't have their certification yet. They need to go get that open water certification. Um, on average, uh, how long does it take? What's the average cost of an open water certification? You can give a range. And if you have any recommended dive shops for that certification. Well, there's a lot of dive shops, a lot of instructors that use our boat. Um, at one time, we were doing about a thousand students a year would get certified on the boat. So uh, we see a lot of people over the years that got certified with us. And we still have probably close to that 800 to 1,000 certified on the boat each year, which is quite a few. Yeah. And they come from shops all over Southern California and further away than that. Um, so I just tell people when they ask that question to Google or, you know, look, uh, look for a shop in their area that's convenient because they'll be doing some sessions in the pool as part of their training. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then when their instructor's ready, they'll bring them on a boat like ours, or sometimes they'll do beach dives. It's a little less costly to, to do beach dives or do a combination beach dives and maybe one boat dive to get certified the costs i've really lost track i don't know what it is anymore i just haven't looked at that in a long time yeah that's okay i remember it was about 350 when i started but that was a very long time ago so <laughs> that's what i remember too <laughs> so yeah i think it's probably double that but i, I couldn't probably. say for sure. and it, it depends too on on uh you know, whether you're doing a boat dive or a beach dive and the instructor, whether it's a private or join a class with more students would be less money. Right, right. In our area, Santa Barbara Aquatics uh, have been with us for years and years, and it's a great dive shop. And all further south of this, uh, Thousand Oaks Channel Island Scuba, it's a father and son team, and they do a great job. But there's a lot of shops that... Uh, uh, that come out with us and, and have instructors that are just patient and caring. I, I, I can't say enough really about the, the dive industry. It's just a lot of really good people. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I, I love, I love the industry. I love the community and it's, um, I know it's, it's really exciting to bring everybody together on a boat, especially yours where it just, it felt like a community on your boat with just wonderful people everywhere. We're, we're really lucky. I just wanted to share uh, my experience as a boat captain for so many years with divers. I, I, uh, I really enjoyed being with divers. I came from a sport fishing background, a little different crowd and the divers are, are curious. And um, I like to talk to them when they come up and asked what their experiences were. I never get tired of hearing that. And, uh, and it's quite amazing, really, if we have 30, 40 divers on a boat, which we do, and I'll ask them uh, how their dive was. I'll get everything from, you know, their jaws are down around their ankles. They're just so, so amazed by what they saw to, oh, there wasn't much there. <laughs> and it'll be on the same dive. And I, I you know, came to understand over time, it was what they came with, uh, what their expectations were, of course. And uh, if you came out to see great white sharks and all you saw was a thousand sea lions, there's (laughs) disappointed. (laughs) And uh, and some people, of course, their first dives or they haven't been at it long or just they come up and they're happy that they're alive. 
they expected not to make it through the dive and the, the relief you get when you're down there and weightless and, and seeing uh, life all around you and then come up and it's just a, an overwhelming experience for most people. But the expectations, I know that when the visibility is bad, um, I want to see things. I want to see all the kelp and the sun come through. But if I change my focus and just get next to a big rock, you can find you know, hundreds of types of life on a single rock if you want to get in close and just look at it. So yeah, you bring no expectations and be open to the experience. And uh, it's just an amazing world to, to drop into. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole nother world. You wouldn't even know that you're that close to LA. <laughs> Not at all. Um, okay. And finally, your, your boat takes off very early in the morning. So where would you suggest people stay if, if maybe coming the night before to Ventura? Well, back when we were able to offer the bunks for people to sleep in, it wasn't a problem, but over the last couple of years, we can't do that anymore. We, I went over to La Quinta Inn. It's a Wyndham hotel about five minutes from the boat and uh, talked to management there. And since then, they've set up a, a link on our website and to give the divers just for the specter a price. So there's a hotel link on the website at the top and they can click that and get that, that really good deal. We don't get involved or take anything from it. It was just a a way to make it easier for people traveling to get a, a rate that wouldn't make their trip too expensive. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I'll make sure to include that in the show notes, as well as links um, to your boat, as well as some excellent uh, photography um, by one of the, the regulars on your boat, Doug. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. Um is is there are there any other tips that you'd like to give to our listeners? Well, one of the things that I hear quite often now, and it's it's just come up in the last few years. I'm not sure why, but people uh, ask for guides, and mm-hmm. uh, you've been out with us, and it's that uh, that trepidation about going someplace you haven't been before for divers with less experience. And they can imagine all the scenarios of deep water and poor visibility or currents or whatever. And they feel comfortable with a guide. But over most of the years, I've never had that question asked until just recently. So I'm not sure what brings that on. But um, we do not furnish guides. And for people with that that need, they can call a dive shop uh, or bring an instructor, dive master with them if they want. But it doesn't seem to be a real necessity. Once they get out there and see what we do, they're usually at ease and don't need it. Yeah. And it's so funny because, I mean, there's some dive sites where, you know, you just feel like, okay, am I going to get lost? I don't know the site. I don't know where the octopus likes to hide. Like, I don't know Mm -hmm. these things. So it, I know for me, I've enjoyed, you know, having dive masters on, on guides, show me different things, um, you know, especially a site I'm very unfamiliar with, but I've got to say diving on the specter. Um, it was very interesting because there weren't dive masters in the water pointing out things and we got our briefing on the boat and, and then essentially we were, you know, buddied up and just underwater with our buddy and, I found it extremely easy to navigate and, and it was fun just looking at things, getting the views, finding different nudies, looking at the fish. Um, I felt like it, this was a dive that you didn't need a guide on, um, rather than if you're like in the Galapagos islands, yeah, I want to, I want to guide. <laughs> I want to know where am I going? Where am I waiting? Where, where am I? What am I looking for? Um, but I felt like, yeah, this, you didn't need a guide and it was, um, extremely comfortable and easy and, and lovely. Oh, great. Yeah. That's, that's the way I, I think most people feel about it. I've traveled and dive or I did for quite a while. And I, you know, and drift diving, following a guide and dropping down on a reef and traveling a long ways with the current. Um, I think that's where people are, have done that experience and then expect to do the same. But when we just anchor right on the dive site or next to it, then 
it's not quite the same as traveling long ways behind a guide underwater. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was very pleasant and easy and it's yeah, something I look forward to, to doing again. Well, I hope we can take you to Anacap and put you into the sea lines if you come down again, Gail. That would be amazing. I would love to make that happen. Um, so yeah, you, your boat will be seeing me again. And that hot tub of yours, that was a great surprise because I was not expecting a hot tub on the boat. I think you got, yeah, you got the, the that's a brand new one. We had one we built years ago and, and took apart and, and had that one designed just for the boat and built this for the boat. So you were one of the early people to use it. It's only, it was there a few weeks before you came out. Oh, yes. Especially after a, a, some cold dives because we were in the 50s and to warm up with with the hot tub, there was dolphins out, the sun was shining. I mean, it was spectacular. It has got to be one of the best days of the year so far. Well, thank you so much. I'm proud of my crew. And my son has been, um, I, I took him out on the boat when he was two. And I thought that uh, he'd jump right over the side. We'd never see him again. We watched him <laughs> like a hawk. And, and then I realized that the children are, filled with self-preservation. He hung on tight and, and he's been on the boat ever since he was two. He grew up, uh, first swam in the hot tub we had, then uh, learned to paddle around and then wow. jumped in the water. So he, he's got a little experience there around those islands and on that boat. Yeah. Wow. Man, that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. What a beautiful history and a legacy that you are leaving and Thank you for providing one of the best dive experiences I've had in a long time. Thank you, Gail. Thank you for asking me to share this with you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to Experiences You Should Have. If you are interested in diving the Channel Islands, go to specterboat.com. And if you'd like to see some images and more information about what we talked about today, check out the full show notes on experiencesyoushouldhave.com. Thank you again for listening and until our next adventure.